And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Of course, I am Nick Cameron, and I can't look at the camera alone. Look at me. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. Hi, Keefe. I, I lost I lost the plot. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. I'm your co-host, Keefe. This is our host, the uh, eloquent and dapper Nick Cameron. The extraordinarily stressed out Nick Cameron. I am dangling at the end of a fish hook. That fish hook has a dollar on it like that commercial. Do you want a dollar? Do you want a dollar? Do you want a dollar? I want the fucking dollar. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. As you know how we do this, if you have been here before, we do a greeting, which I totally, totally mother finger fudged up all up the Hershey Highway. My apologies, and my apologies for that. I'm very stressed out, and when I get stressed out, I revert to 1998 slang, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What we do is we do a greeting, a beer check, vinyl check, news check, shirt check, meat of the day. Meat of the day this week, of course, is Guar Ragnarok, which has something or nothing to do with the mighty Thor. I don't know. Anyway, my beer check is an abomination. I'm sorry. I'm the very, very much, very much, vehemently, I am vehement, anti-Christmas, hasta Black Friday. That being said, my beer check this week is Goose Island Christmas IPA. Look, uh, I was at the gas station. I could have, I wanted a new beer for this week because I love you. And I, I'm an IPA guy. It's, it's, I am what I am. And it was, I, I could do the little big hop or whatever the hell that purple one is. You know, the purple one. It's delicious. But I, I, I've had it so many times. So I went with the Goose Island. Did you hear that pop? I did hear the pop. It was very loud. Omar, don't cut that. Thank you for helping me with my settings. Poor Omar. I, I chatted with him for like three minutes earlier. He's also stressed. I, I the did my mascot of the show. Just gonna point out, I love recording uh, <clears throat> my my voiceovers with with Omar. He is far less demanding. <laughs> you wish, uh, maybe. I don't know. He he had high praise for you. He said you did great. You were easy to work with. Much easier to work with than me. I see a three a theme. Let's see a theme. Um, do you want to? You want me to hurry up with my beer check so you can beer check? Here is a beer I have had on. I the did beer game. check. I want a drink check. I want. Yeah. <laughs> I have had this beer before. Off the rails already. Amtrak. Amtrak. Almanac Brewing Company. Puenas Vibras. Mexican style lager. Oh. Can. You got lime? No, I don't. Oh. Got good, pop. Good pop. I learned how to do it finally in the new apartment. Finger fudge, poor. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Anybody watching me will see the hockey puck in the glass. Um, I started watching a new YouTuber group, and they're just downing beers. And then he, he's like, oh, mate, you're supposed to let the beer settle. And uh, he's like, it'll settle in my belly. It will settle in your belly if you don't let it. Exactly, right? Glad that I said that now. Cheers from the Cheers, my friend. <laughs> All right, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first. Oh, my God, I am leaky and awful. Goodness. 
in a couple of days, theoretically, oh, hi, scammer. I don't want to talk to you. Uh, theoretically, by this time tomorrow, I'm just going to be so unstressed that it's going to be, you're going to be like, holy crap, Nick, what happened to you? But anyway, for my vinyl check this week, I am busting out left lane cruiser, I'm sorry, 20 watt tombstone, a left lane cruiser, Dur the Death Blues versus the Dirty Spliff. Here is the cover. It's an interesting cover because it's just a poster. There's no, like, slip. And it came with two of them, so I'm going to frame the other one at some point. By the way, and let's remind somewhere. our people that we just did a chaser with Tom of 20-watt Tombstone, and they have retired the Death Blues moniker and, per uh, permanently. Two weeks after we interviewed him, or maybe only eight days, I saw him play at the Sinkhole in St. Louis, Missouri. And here is a look at the vinyl itself. That is a gorgeous red and blue splatter. I'm a bit jealous of that one. You should be. Drop 20 bucks on it. I'm sorry, $25. Uh, sorry about that. $25 and 15 for the t-shirt. So I gave Tom $40 of my money that night. You know, he's worth $40. He really is. And then we also we also bought tickets to that show. I did not get in. I did not request a comp. Wife, lawyer, I, wife, and I paid for our tickets. Oh, that's kind that she went with you. I failed to mention last week that because I changed the recording day to suit me, you missed. <laughs> you missed casket robbery in St. Louis, and that was all my fault. I wasn't gonna go. There were too oh. many bands. If if I were gonna go to a show last week, it would have been El Perro. Okay. El Perro features um, Mark Parker Griggs of Radio Moscow. And Parker Griggs is to Radio Moscow what Dave Grohl is to Foo Fighters. So, And I've loved Radio Moscow for a oh, long time. Wow. All right, then. I, um, I still would like to have Corey and Meg on as guests at some point. Halloween would have been a good time, but, you know, we are doing... We can have them on at some point in the future. They're around, and they're friends. So they will come... <laughs> friends of, of mine... Friends to Ghost Cult, friends to Glacially Musical, as vis-a-vis. Oh, by yeah. the way, this is the Glacially Musical podcast, a Ghost Cult joint. It is, indeed. I'm still trying to get that in there. I, I mean, know. I think that works out when you say it, when I say it I like it to right. get everybody to say it. Curtis Dewar, I'm looking at you and Aaliyah. Uh, kind of. Not really, but kind of. Um, Keefe's looking at Curtis. I mean, I'm always looking at Curtis. Uh, is, is that all? You have one check today on the vinyl? Just a single. Okay, I'm going to do my vinyl check, and then I believe the news. I'll do the first news check. But uh, this is a fun one. This is, I got here back on track. Uh, this is the great recent album by Today is the Day. I don't know if you're a fan. No good to anyone. This is from a couple of years ago, out when they were on BMG Records. And I got this at Recycled Records in Reno. Um, I, when I was in Chicago and I went to Reckless Records, I was hanging out with Colin Frecknall, who is the new drummer of Today is the Day. He's my homie. Oh, do you, need, do you need to pick that up? Pardon? Do you need to pick that up? What do you mean? That name you dropped? <laughs> okay. You're much quicker than I am. Definitely off my game. So. Oh, I am. When, the more stressed out I get, the more on my game I go, except for I screw everything up. So. Uh, this was $20. $20 for a, ba a brand new unopened record. Uh, oh, for the record, I am not a fan of Today is the Day, but I am not oh. not a fan either. All right, then. I don't believe I've uh, heard them. Fun. Oh, well. Uh, legendary, extreme, underground, avant-garde metal band. 
everybody knows I don't like metal, extreme, or avant-garde. That's just not my jam. Well, not only I... that, Steve Austin, who is the main progenitor of the band, has produced everybody you like. So Stone Cold or the Million Dollar the Stone Man? Stone Cold, neither. The third Steve Austin, who is today's the day Steve Austin. There's this another Steve Austin? There's the third Steve Austin, and this is my favorite. And he, Jesus Christ, that's a lot the, to live up to if that's your name. This is the inner sleeve kind of interesting design so instead of a card a whole sleeve there's a little staticky putting it in so this is brand new just opened it right before the show so i have not yet put it in the mylar and here is the vinyl and i'm not sure a little dusty there i'm not sure what you'd call this pattern i mean, obviously it's a splatter but it's like a very uh, muted that, i'm gonna say orange. that is yeah no uh, yes, bur I I apologize. The the splatter is the burnt orange. That color is I would call that a tangerine. Yeah, it's hard it's to a get tangerine it. with a burnt orange. If I had to wager a guess, and you're talking to a guy that's purchased more than one record that did not come in the, I, I'm talking. They can't see it. No, um, I'm saying. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I'm holding it up because I'm feeling like uh, the Lion King. Ah, well, it is like, the circle of life. The circle of life, and it's orange like a. Mine anyway. As somebody who's purchased more than one splatter that didn't splat right, that looks like a splatter that didn't get that didn't splat right. Nothing wrong with it. it looks good. Album's great. I got to see this uh, in concert right before the end of the world. It's one of the last in-person interviews I did in 2020 at the uh, Market Street Hotel in Bushwick, Brooklyn, not too far from where I live. Is that near Flatbush? It is not quite near Flatbush, but it's... Uh, I know Bugs Bunny knows where Flatbush is. Bugs Bunny knows where Flatbush is. Flatbush is like about four or five miles south of where I was living. Oh, did Bush. you know you're going to the Hamptons this weekend? I did not. I'm going to the Hamptons of St. Louis, not the Hamptons. Yeah, it's the, the, Ham the Hamptons. I was at the Hamptons once. I wasn't a fan. And, uh, did I, do you know I got like a little island. cigarette holder that, that says the Hamptons? That's funny. I can't figure out what else it's for. I mean, I don't know. It's a little tray. Well, I don't know what else you would put on there besides Camel non-filters. Mm. So, I'm trying to deflect pain with humor because, like, I'm at my... I got little, humor. I got, I got jokes. Of, a little bit of my wit's end. I'm going to start the news on a somber note. I had a personal loss this week. A dear friend of mine, my childhood best friend, my first friend ever, uh, passed away from <sighs> cancer. Fuck cancer. Uh, Damien, who is incredible. We had a lot of uh, fun together as little kids and as teens and young adults. And then he moved to Atlanta... Where he became, he uh, went to. Uh, did he go to Emory or Clark University? I can't remember which uh, historically black college he went to. And then he ended up as a biologist at the CDC for the last twenty years uh, or more. So um, he was incredible. His entire life would be a movie, and would take a whole episode here. He also used to make mixtapes, like DJ. He loved music of all stripes. He and I bonded over a lot of stuff as kids. Pop, rock, metal, rap, everything. And uh, and he also had an entire room in his house just for toys. Even as a grown man. He had a whole yeah, toy what, room. That, yeah, that's what I'm sitting in right now is Nick's toy room. Yeah. So, cheers to Damien. Rest in power. Cheers, Damien. Um, Rest in power. Cancer sucks. If, and, if uh, I could yeah. and just jump in, let me bust up. Your somber and your next news story, which I'm not going to talk about. Let, you, let me jump in with my news story, which is something a little bit more fun, I think. 978-year-old Nosferatu, a.k.a. McMars, has just dropped a new single called Loyal to the Lie. 
And one, this is more music than Motley Crue has dropped in the past 20 years. Two, it's better than anything Motley Crue has dropped in the past 30 years, 28 years. When did self-title come out? 95. Yeah, something. So better than anything Motley Crue has done in the last 27 years. He has dropped a monster of a track. It is riffy. It is angry. It is heavy. And for some reason in the whole video, he's wearing a druid-style cloak with it up over his head. And I'm watching this going, bro, I mean, I'm pretty sure you were on the Mayflower and helped Christopher Columbus make it to the New World. You might be a bit old for this. I mean, how was that first spaghetti? When you had spaghetti for the first time, along with Ferdinand Magellan, was it good? Oh, come on, that's funny. That's pretty funny. I would say the, the track is good. I've been so busy and distracted that I didn't even get the story up on Ghost Cult as of this record. I only I listened to it right while I was waiting for I, you. I, I oh, started okay. the I, meeting while I, I was listening. I listened to it a bit, and I am going to try to do some kind of reaction video if there's time tonight. It's pretty cool. Uh, nice to hear some good news. You know, like he uh, definitely uh, threw the gauntlet down, took the gloves off, pull, and tried to pull at the guy's jersey. And uh, Crew has new music uh, apparently coming with... Uh, John 5 also also if I'm not mistaken to piggyback onto your news he wrote a new song with Karabi that did not make his new record because it wasn't good enough apparently and Karabi's uh, not unhappy or not happy about it and then because he's just injects himself in any everything I don't know why and then apparently as as Mick is doing press for this thing he is just dropping bombs on these his ex-bandmates like if he, they're gonna beef with him he was like you know if you're gonna pick dj ashba to just write motley Crue songs make it 6 a.m nikki so like brutal like brutal so you know you know he, um, i'll be honest i have no interest in a new motley Crue record i love john five <clears throat> we've talked about john five as a side man in the past briefly one sentence well paid never gets used correct he is uh he, he's 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 um God, what was the name of the bat in the natural that wasn't Wonder Boy? You know what I'm talking about? He's he's yeah, the my bat phone boy's alarm started to go off. I'm I know what bat you're talking about. He's the bat boy's bat. Boy. Right, he's the bat boy's bat, right? Except Wonder Boy doesn't break, so we never use it. Yeah. It's that's we, John Five. Weird also, related semi related, right? That DLR, David Lee Roth, is just putting out all these tracks he did with John Five like 15, 16 years ago that have never seen the light of day. And they're all also better than any Motley Crue song ever. Yeah, I mean, Motley Crue has not done a good record since 1995. I'm going to be true. honest. Yeah, that's, that's true. Oh, uh, update. I decided I'm not going to buy the $400 self titled. Too many, too much anxiety. Like, what if I drop it when I'm drunk? What if it's a counterfeit? What if, you know, it's 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 four hundred dollars. It's too much. It's four hundred. It's too much. So I'm just gonna buy a pile of other records. Here's a better question: Will you buy the fifteen thousand dollar Epiphone Gibson Custom Shop Epiphone Kirk Hammett guitar that just got announced? I'm sorry, the Epiphone is how much? There's only two models: one thousand or fifteen thousand. There's no in between model. That's the spread. Maybe the one that I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I didn't think I was ever going to buy another guitar. 
Yeah, that purple one's a cherry. It's beautiful. I don't want the purple one. I want the black one. Because, oh, I mean, grow, before I got my yeah. first guitar, I saw Cliff Mullen. He had that guitar. And that's like, oh, my God, that is the guitar I want. Is that a friend of yours? And it's, it's got the orange drop. It's got the Gibson hardware. It's got the Gibson, uh, you know, electronics. It is a Gibson. The the Les Pauls are, or the Flying V's are not like the Les Pauls where they just got the veneer of, ma- the, the veneer maple cap. There's no maple cap on a Flying V. So it, it's, it's a Gibson. A Gibson. It's bit, yeah, don't let the name upset you. Epiphone is on the same level now as Gibson in terms of quality. That was not always the case. No, they're not. Now. I mean, they're close. They're, I'm not talking no. about classic ones. I'm talking about ones made today in a, you know, out of questionable wood in the, a strange the, factory somewhere. The issue is, this is just Les Pauls, specifically Les Pauls, and I'm a Les Paul player. I know. The, the Gibsons have a maple cap. The Epiphones have a maple top. It's not, a, it's not the one-inch cap. And two, uh, Epiphones use a different paint that's stickier. Hmm. Anyway, okay. not this is not a guitar podcast. so It isn't, but it could be because it's about to be a guitar podcast because we have a gripe. Um, we are angry for... old men. Hey, yeah, get off my lawn. So Rolling Stone, who we have disparaged. Find me a cloud so I may yell at on, it. Well, we've disparaged Rolling Stone a lot, and deservedly so. They are not really a serious music publication. They're not what they once were. They are a lifestyle thing that pretends to do music sometimes. So I mean, do you these... ever go to rollingstone.com? Do you buy the magazine? I, just I don't mean Keithy. I'm on I know it right you... now. I don't mean... I don't mean Keefy, which means not Keefy. I mean you, who's not Keefy. You know the answer. You don't buy it. You don't read it. Back to Keefy. So, now that Keefy understands. So, okay. Rolling Stone, I'm pretty sure it's clickbait, did this list of the top 250 guitar players of all time. <laughs> exactly. Raspberry. This thing. Boo that man. This sucks. This list is bizarre. It's biz- it's like it almost wasn't done by people who love music. And or like, guitars. It's, it doesn't say rock or metal. So, like, let's face it. You and I are rock or metal centric, although we like a lot of other stuff. You love the blues. I love jazz. We both like classical. And, you know, give blues. me some Chet Atkins. I got a couple of Chet Atkins records, some Les Paul records. Segovia, Charo. I mean. Like, Not Charo. I mean, Coochie Coochie, but yeah. No, no, no. Charo is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Do you not know this? No, I don't know this. Oh, my God. Charo is one of the most innovative, upper echelon flamenco guitarists of all time. She just got the sexy Coochie Coochie thing, got on Love Boat, and became a comedian. But actually, that that whole thing was... Uh, a ruse to get into the co- public consciousness as a hit-making flamenco guitarist. She is that is one of the coolest things I've heard this top week. Top five of all time flamenco guitarists. Not, so she's not up there with Robbie Krieger. No. I know everyone wants to slap me right Stop now. I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. Why Please you continue. Do that to me? You always do that to me. You like want to trigger me. I don't know. See how we do in person. I might just stab you with a, with a beef rib. Um, I want to trigger everyone a little. I guess. Gosh. Um, gosh. So this list is preposterous. Who's not on it? Give me two steaks, Tina. So, kind of what? Tina, you lord. One of the problems with the list is it doesn't seem like it was done seriously. It was, seems like if they pick some hipster people that people would like, they pick, like, like, I love Joni Mitchell. And she's an incredible guitar player. I don't know if you know her whole story about how she had, like, a stroke or something as a little an ailment as a little kid that like impaired one of her hands 
so she she created her own guitar style. So like she has a Tony Iommi origin story. A little bit. Um, but, like, she's not the, in the top ten guitar players of all time, ever. No. God, she's no. great. She's an incredible songwriter. I might she's great in, at what she maybe does. Maybe put her in the top 20 songwriters of all time or top 50 songwriters, but not top ten guitar players. Spectacular doing good by Blue Sky, I might add, as well. They, yes. They did... Some of the list has two people in one entry, so James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett are like 23. I think that's insulting to both of them. Uh, Dave Mustaine, not on the list. Marty Friedman, not on the list. It's not very metal-centric. They do have some modern metal guitar players on the list, including Tosin Abasi and Tim Henson Wait, it's, of it's Abasi? Whatever it is. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I've I'm always asking. Said and Abbasi. I don't know. I've always said Tosin and Abbasi. You know, okay. the th- people ask me, "How do you listen to that such angry, noisy music?" Because I love guitars. Yeah, but also and, yeah. And like, where are the best guitar players in metal? The list is laughable. There's a lot of duos. Bill Steer, K- KK. Uh, I don't think any of those guys. There are like a, not a lot of extreme metal guitar players on the list. Uh, <laughs> KK and Glenn Tipton are a pair on the list. It's just bizarre. It's just bizarre who's on, you know, like, you know, Jimmy's number one, and I'm not mad at it. I still think he set the guitar so far forward in his lifetime and beyond. Yeah, but so like, many people are so much better than he ever was. No, that's not fair. Um, it's, it's it's fair. Technically speaking, innovatively, no. Anyway. It's, the it's, list it's is like the, I say, the, Brian Reeves could beat up Bob Probert. If you took Ryan Reeves today and Bob Probert from 1992. It's a strange list. And they do have a preponderance of folk guitarists and modern indie rock guitarists who don't seem good at guitar or known for guitar prowess. Like Lucy, I'm making faces. Lucy Dacus is on there from Boy Genius, but not Julian Baker, who I think is a better guitar player. Or why not put all three of them, Boy Genius, as a as a trio? If you're gonna have, you know, uh, James and Kirk, why are you gonna not have all of Boy Genius as one entry? Why would you give Lucy the entry over everyone else? I don't think she's that great a guitar player. I think she's a cool songwriter and an all right singer. Like I'm baffled at this list, and it again, it just kind of confuses me. Joni Mitchell's nine out of the top ten guitarists ever on this list. That's wild. Right ahead of Dwayne Allman, and right before. B.B. King. Like, what? No. Okay, B.B. King does not belong anywhere near there to begin with. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm not trying look, to do the list. I love B.B. King. I'm not trying to do the list. I'm just trying to say, the, the like, if you're, you want to get mad, big time mad, spend a little time, go through this list. It's bizarre. The list I'm gonna is bizarre. I'm going to quote Aerosmith, don't get mad, get even. Well, that's a fair one. I like that one. Uh, your boy is on here, James Ulmer. He's in the 250s. The I'm 240s. sorry, who the hell is that? James Blood Ulmer. I thought you were a fan. No? You like the blues. I surprised you. Whatever. Um, it's a I strange like, list. I like the blues, yes, but I like modern blues. Here's the, here's the top five, which you wouldn't argue with. You would, because you're a contrarian. But like, I'm I not would, a contrarian. Do not call me a contrarian. Really I will are. fight you. you really I'm are. not. You I, hold my, I hold minority opinions. That is the antithesis of contrarianism. I genuinely mean what I say. Fair enough. Jeff Beck is number I'm five. I'm just a nut bar. I love can Jeff Beck. Can I? Jeff yes. Beck is number five. We're not doing the whole list. Eddie Van Halen, four. No. Jimmy Page, three. Yes. Chuck Berry, two. No. Well, again. No. And Jimmy Hendrix, one. Don't say anything. Don't speak. Don't say it. Don't speak. Don't, 
Don't Gwen Stefani me either. But anyway. I saw her in concert once. I saw No Doubt. They were awesome back in the day. I wish I would have seen No Doubt because yeah, when I she, the, when. I much like doubt. seeing Rob Zombie when she played the No Doubt tracks. I wish it was... bounce, 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 and then she plays the rest of the Gwen Stefani the tracks. Is bananas. B nana nana. She got some no, hits. B a n a n a n a. That's a good song. I like that song. She's got some Hollaback Girl. She got some decent tracks. But they ain't no, no, they ain't no Tragic Kingdom. No Tragic Kingdom. No even the second record. Nothing. Rob yeah. Zombie looking at you, La Sexorcisto. Nothing you've done has come near it. Oh, I like the second record, but like I know what you're saying. Not is it as good as La Sexorcisto? Nothing is, but like, exactly. what else is? Nothing, the only record that year that's better than La Sexorcisto is Sound of White Noise. But anyway. Uh, I would have said, actually... You were going to say something death metal. Obituary. No, Vulgar Display of Power. That's 92. I'm talking about 93. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. VDOP. We're Are we not talking Pantera. about 92? We're gonna what see did Pantera I say? On Friday. You said Vulgar Display of Power. That's right. 92. And Far Beyond Driven is 94. So right. I'm talking about 1993. I, you said La Sexta And I said, what is better? And La Sexta is 92. 93. I'm going to Google this. You can go Google it. I, I, La Sexta Sisto, Devil I, Music, Volume 1. 1993. Okay. Not March 17th, 1990, motherfudging two. Really? Yes. All right. You know how I know I'm right? You, you won one. Good. You know how I know I'm right? That's the last one you're going to get all weekend when I'm there. I know I'm right because I'm talking. Oh, word. This is going to be a disaster. Not you know what I can't say pod, to lawyer? This is probably the next to last podcast ever because after I leave St. Louis, Nick's never going to talk to me again. Do you know what I can't say to lawyer mm-hmm. wife? I know I'm right because I'm talking. Oh, yeah, you, I know you can't. She's a lawyer. No, she um, she ended that in 2008 to her. I don't know where to where to like take this, but like uh, that was kind of my new story. Obviously, I'm coming to town. We're going to see Metallica on Friday. Oh, I met Lars Ulrich. Did I not mention that? Because I was so you depressed. did not. I was depressed about my friend passing away. That happened the next day, but I met Lars Ulrich on Saturday around the corner from my house. Living in San Francisco has had its perks, mostly about Metallica. Literally, uh, seen him six times in in three years, which is much more of a clip. Back to like my early '90s clip of seeing them a lot, and then they were doing a black and whiskey bottle signing because Costco is now going to sell black and whiskey. I know it's. We should just alone. totally slam one of those. I was tempted to think about bringing the bottle with me across the country, but that's kind of ridiculous. Like the signed bottle? Yeah, well, I mean that's the bottle I have. I have a open one. I don't know where it is. They have it here. I know, but it's going to be like $15 for a glass, and it's a sipping whiskey. You don't shout. You don't we could just it. go to the store and get one for 35 I know, but that's 35 bucks. You were going to be but so shocked. 35 bucks is like beers. Is like That's like 100 beers, 35 bucks to me. I don't know. That's a lot. It's okay, a whole case maybe, of pee. It's like 10 cases of peeps. Maybe you're not going to be surprised by it. Maybe you're going to be <laughs> offended by how expensive things are here. All right, um, moving on. Anything so else? I met, I met Lars Ulrich and Rob Dietrich, and Rob Dietrich remembered me from my interview with him a year ago, which is... Yeah, I remember that. That was great. You were drunk that night. I was very drunk because I did the podcast right after the interview, and then I drank the whiskey on the on the podcast. And I think I was drinking I almost oh, I was drinking it. rum that night. I'm going to open this bottle and drink it. I'm not saving it for any reason. I'm not going to reflip Thank it. you. I'm going to drink the whiskey and save the bottle that's signed. Like, of course I'm going to drink it. Like, why Wait, here, here, here. You want the smart play? Drink the whiskey, brew some iced tea, put the iced tea in the bottle. Probably. Um, Straight up Kevin DeBro shit. I don't, do I have anything else? 
Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is this weekend for us to get mad at next week. Uh, I'm just going to whack the pud. All right. We done? I guess. Um, All right. Yeah, I guess we're done. All right, I think. Wrap this up. Let's move on to the next part. So, shirt check. Oh, shit. Shirt check. Tetris. Yeah, I am wearing my Bad Religion shirt that I bought after I got into the show free. My God, I hated Bad Religion so much in the 90s, but I love them now. We're all wrong about things. I'm not wrong about things all that often. Maybe once or twice a decade. I have a high opinion of myself. I mean, I do. That you do. I tricked a lawyer into marrying me. That's tricked. I can't imagine how else we could have gotten here. Anyway, so let's talk about 1995. Let's set the table for what becomes Guar. Uh, America's doing well. I, I got nothing else. I mean, uh, the recession's over. Uh, 1995 was kind of a bland year. The Major League Baseball strike ends, and America hates baseball now. St. Louis, for the first time in 50 years, pulls only 15 to 20,000 a game. Anything else in, in in 1995? I mean, I can't remember anything else. Speaking of white zombie, oh, uh, Electric Head comes out. Shortened, uh, shortened NHL season. Shortened NHL season. Uh, Super Rock replaces Headbangers Ball with No Notice. That was horrible. Yeah, that was weird. And then Super Rock got canceled in like three weeks. Two, two weeks. Yeah, they tried to make uh, Kurt Cobain's nanny the host. That was bad. That's it. I remember her, like, in, like, the second episode, she interviews Tom Araya, and she starts, was it first? I'm not sure, but it was bad. She and she starts, like, sure. dropping, like, Slayer, Slaytanic Wormhawk stuff. Because that's pretty good, I guess. Okay, so, yeah, 1995 it was a year that had 12 months, it had 365 days. Iron Maiden is essentially broken up. Uh, this is roundabout when death metal dies, its first death. Metallica is on hiatus at this point after their bored as shit ain't got no album tour. Danzig has essentially broken up at this point. The the classic Danzig, suicidal tendencies is probably a thing. I mean, seriously, what what happened in '95? Anything? Uh. Music-wise, I mean, nothing. George, George Lucas starts to make the prequel movies and the special editions. No, that was later. That was mm-hmm. The first special edition was 1997. Yeah, so 95, they're already making it. They're making them. We didn't know. It doesn't count. Well, I guess. All right. Got to remember how long it was between episode four and five. And I remember I being in the theater in 1997, episode four comes up. And I looked at it and I went, wait, episode four? Because that was the first time we had ever seen that. It was 1997. Anyway, so yeah, uh, n- 1995 sucks. The music industry starts sucking at this point. Video games are becoming the dominant, the, the, the dominant source of entertainment. Movies are dying. We are heading, we are moving headlong into the rehash reboot remake era of movies as we just discussed star wars is about to have its third theatrical run of the original trilogy in just a couple of years after this 
So what do we get in 1995? In late 95, October 24th, not 31st, which is confusing. Although at this time we did get a Megadeth record a week after this, which was... Euthanasia? Yes, Euthanasia comes out in 95. On Halloween 1995. I just remember him being upset in an MTV spot. But other than that, I mean, there's just... This is a wasteland. And Guar's Ragnarok could only be described as an oasis in this desert of awful. You got anything to add? Because I got nothing. It is a wasteland. It is a wasteland time. All right. Well, track by track, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, um, so, yeah, let's let's say this. I think, right, we have yet to have the load Metallica. We are in fully in the uh, post-grunge era. We are in the Kurt metal Cobain is has, dead has, era. Right. Kurt Cobain has died. Alice in Chains put out the self-titled album with the three-legged dog. Mm-hmm. That one sucked. I love that record. You I might like back. it now. You, we should go do it. I hated it. Th- I hated it then. Yeah, we should do Chains at some point. Although it's going to be me like <laughs> cake in the screen because I love that band so much. Um, it'll give me. Tr- it'll give me a chance to trigger you. We yes we so we talked about this arc of gore where they're becoming less punk and more metal. Mm-hmm. And I think that this Toilet Earth has some good songs and some cool moments, but it's not a very consistent or great album overall. Could be the weakest of the ones we're going to do. Really? I really think so. Disagree. Okay. We disagreed last week. You were like, I think it's better than you think it is. I was like, no, it isn't. Um, this is better than you think it is. Maybe this, last week wasn't. This record is a step back, I think, and it's because it's more metal. It's got a Executioner. Few, it's got a Sleazy few, P. Martini. With a few exceptions, it's a very metal record with a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I think the changing of the times, the success of White Zombie, the popularization of Slayer, the commercialization of Cannibal Corpse at this time, well, I think all the, affects gore. Well, and um, Pantera is just, you know, th- this is... Between, yeah. Divine Intervention comes out at number eight the year before this. And I know I said metal is dead in this era. Metal is dead except for the 1% of the 1%. Would you agree with that? I think, I don't think it's fair to say dead because Metallica is the biggest, and, becomes the biggest band in the world. We also had Woodstock 94 in which Metallica had like... I mean dead as in nails. mainstream. It's not, not... Yeah, glam rock has died off and there's not as many people claiming to be metalheads a lot of people are in the grunge camp or yeah, we're, we're post grunge people are now wearing dresses the little sundresses right but also let's talk about gangster rap is huge at this time yeah uh, snoop just dre about to have, yeah snoop j Stu, snoop dre Pac, easy e oh god who was uh the afro puffs lady lady of rage she's all right yeah she's lady a of rage of, uh, also a protege of them but yeah uh, not yet biggie Wu Tang Clan. No, no, no. Biggie is Biggie is here. Not yet. Pretty Ready sure. to Die is ninety five, ninety six, but I don't know if it's out by. This is ninety five. This is yeah. December, October ninety five. I understand. I understand. I think singles Ready to Die is... singles would have hit. We also had big Public Enemy albums at this time. So, 
there's a lot of weird things going on. Underground metal is a thing at this time, but it's underground. Like, even the biggest bands are not a lot of breakthroughs. Anthrax did have a number one album with Sound of White Noise, the first band to get a platinum record in the year it came out. Um, Metallica's Black Album turns platinum in 92. Uh, and Far Beyond Driven is the first metal record to debut at number one on Billboard ever, which is insane. Yeah, but we're, for the most part of that, we're a couple of years out from all right. that. Oh, you know what else happens in 90? Uh, right around the same time as this Gore album comes out is Down makes their debut. Um, I remember discussing Down in college with some dudes and yeah. hearing about... And Iomi was coming out. Was We were real close to the first Iomi solo record, too. Right. Is that the Silver record? I never heard it. Oh, it's great. Got is a it? different singer on every track. Phil yeah, I don't. And Henry Rollins and for the most part, I don't like those. So I don't like those albums. Oh, okay. The ones um, where they have a different singer, I, I don't. But, I don't. I don't get into a groove. I understand. I think what I was going to say was I. What I think is that Gore. There's a residual effect on Gore when they make this record, where they have all this stuff in their head that's going on around them. And yeah. they kind of process it a little bit, which you're not supposed to do, but they did to their, not to their detriment, but to their benefit. Well, and I mean, the thing is, is, is Gore, every album parts out a little bit. When, when Dave Brockie dies, you know, rest in power, he's the last original member of Gore. And we haven't spoken a whole lot about Michael Bishop on this run. But la the last record was the last time Michael Bishop played for Guar until he came back as Blothar. This on this album we have Mike Dirks as Balsack, the Jaws of Death. We have Pete Lee as Flat Flatus Maximus. Pete ends up leaving after this time, but he was shot in the tour between the two records, and he was like, you know, hanging on by a thread in terms of just being in the band. But he's on this record also. I think I had mistakenly said last week he departed before this record, but he's still on this record. We also get the return of Chuck Varga, the return of Hunter Jackson, probably the last record with Hunter Jackson. I don't know for sure. So, you know, we got a bunch, and we have a good Slamenstra Hyman track, if you don't mind the subject matter. I live in Missouri, so I guess I should be okay with it. Dumb cousin fuckers. Boot heel. I said it. I said what I said. All righty. I, I mean, I feel like we're just trying not to do the thing. So, Keefe's not paying attention. He's on mute. Just going to go ahead and start My this. My light just went out, so I need a minute. I'm just having a malfunction here. Just give me a second. You got to hit pause, sir. No, I don't. You can just keep going. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to start with Meat Mother Sudgeon. Sugar, su sugar, sugden sandwich. Uh, that that's not a thing. It's the, the first track is meat sandwich, and again we have the typical guar, over the top, over the everything. As Keefe mentioned, we are getting into a more metal era of guar. As the point I was making when I said that they're parting out each record is when they part out each record when somebody leaves somebody new comes in and they become more and more metal until they get to the point where they are essentially just a tick or two off slayer as for meat sandwich good track 
good opening track and that's the important thing they put it in the right spot it's heavy it's fast it's thunderous like nuke lelouch wants to do it announces its presence with authority fair enough um i think it's a very good opening track again immediately it's heavier than the last record I will this some, whole record is heavier than I'll have everything some notes they've done about the producer when it comes up because i think he's a fascinating choice to produce this album um i mean no surprise they came back literally less than a year after to this toilet earth that record's not that good that's why um, yeah yeah they did i mean nothing you can't get them on the road to, there was no wasn't selling no reason to stay on the road come back make a new one yeah sadamagogo though sadamagogo's a banger and maybe the best song ever by the band beside Sigur, my favorite song. yeah I, I, what i would have said is i would have been slightly less effusive and said just say it's all downhill on that record from Sadamagogo, but it's the best two minutes and 15 seconds on that damn record. Fair enough. Uh, continue. Uh, next, we get into the new plague. Here we get into more gore storytelling. The story is awful. I'm sorry. It's, it's awful. There, there's a lot of bad takes and lyrics on this thing that do not hold up at all. Um I don't know where to go with here. it, but it's just super bad. There's a lot of R-word stuff on here. Your wife won't tolerate. No one should tolerate. It's not. I funny. actually like dressed down one of my dudes at work today for using the R-word. Yeah, it's not. It's not cool. It's no, not cool. happens happens every day all over the world. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing. I understand it's for comedy here, and I get that. I'm not a prude, but I just feel like doesn't they're not holding up over time. Look, we're simply put, there's funnier things in this world than that. Moving on to War Ghoul with an H in the spot you don't expect in your butt. I assume that's where they're A lot of butt stuff on this record, too. War Ghoul. A lot of butt stuff on Guar. I mean, Guar just could have named themselves Butt Stuff. Butt Stuff. They, they probably should have. It would have been a lot more. Honest and on the nose, Wargle, another good metal song. What Super. we have, what we have here now for the first time ever with a Guar record, is three straight up metal songs. They are scratching the butt crack of thrash. They are indeed scratch. That that is very accurate. Wargle occasionally still gets played, and it is a killer song. And I'm definitely in my top two or three on this record. Here comes my favorite song on this record. And what's amazing about Guar and my love of them and my owning several records of theirs, not really knowing that there were more vocalists besides Odorous and Techno. Don't know what was going on in my brain, but here we have the return of the very sexy, the very seductive, the very awful executioner. You know, I don't know where to do with that. But anyway, so now Sexecutioner is singing about not just endless orgies. Oh, oh, hang on. I got to wipe my nose. Keefy, talk quick. Get me off. You should mute yourself to do this. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, Ragnarok. It was just title, a wipe. Title track. Sexecutioner. Again, like the freedom, the free form. Anyone could do a track. Anyone could lead. Anyone could be featured. I love that about Gore. That's really yes. Cool. The love lack of ego, the lack of lead singer's disease right. in this in this band, 
is just unprecedented. Can you name any other band that that does this? Chicago. That's no, it. Really? Sort no, of. No, you're, for you're a making while. that. You're making no, that. No, I mean, like, no. So you're I mean, making it. You're making it. Terry Kath, who's not That's on not that. That's not a thing. Terry Kath is not on that role. Terry Kath is, is not a thing. Terry Kath is the I'm sorry, the greatest that's singer, guitar that's, players ever. That's, yeah, he, Jimi Hendrix said he was the best guitarist. Yeah, no, he did not. I stop. No, he did not. Yes, he, he said did. Rory Gallagher was. No. Yes, he did. Rory Gallagher. Terry Kath. Rory Gallagher. Terry Kath. Rory Calhoun, standing and walking. No. Sex Executioner uh, Sex turns in Ragnarok, which is a great, great song. Title track of the record, as you said. And again, Guar as a unit getting together to get it done. They are they are they're they're playing the outfield by platoon. They are, you know, they have a 1A and a 1B goaltender, and they're running the Wildcat when they need to run. Taking Aaron, not that guy. That guy's a dick. Taking Patrick Mahomes out the out the game and putting in the other kid for the Wildcat. That's not how the Kansas City Chiefs do it. I mean, I don't know. Not at all. They never take out Mahomes unless he's in. You know what I mean. You uh, know what I mean. Mahomes' brother taking out his spot with his wife. Oh, wait a minute. Um, hey. I don't know what you. I don't know what you're talking about because yeah, the the football else. football is over until like uh, I think March. Stop it. Um, never. Dirty Filthy is the next song. I'm just going to move. You know, this. Dirty Filthy, another good track. I'm going to point out this track is a little on the blandish. I'm not going to call it soft underbelly because it's not bad. However, it's not as good as the next track. I, do, I have nothing to add to that. That's true. Next, we get into the oddly titled Stalin's Organs. And here's where it gets weird. This is what might surprise you, the listener, if you've never heard this song. It's about Stalin's organs. I don't know what kind of substances and what combination you're using to say, you know what would be a great plan? Stalin's kidneys. Fair. I got an idea. Yeah, it was a reason to bring him up and then kill him on stage. I think that's what that was about. No, fair enough. Well, you know what? That doesn't really take drugs. That That is just good plans. Fair. Continue. Uh, we move on into Knife in Your Guts. Again, another... The thing about Guar is when Guar does straight metal, when they do just, you know, thrash-ish, when they get out of that punky, when they get out of that crossover-y kind of good stuff, which is, you know, this guy's favorite... They they get, as Grant Wistrom of the St. Louis Rams put it in 2003, after they went 0-3, they get sometimey. They get real sometimey. And you know what? Knife in your guts, sometimey. Fair enough. Um, mercifully, these couple of tracks are pretty short. Completely agree. Now, I, think, I think this is the soft belly of the record, actually. I really do. Excuse me. It's not really a... I, you know what it is. Okay, whatever. Next, we get into probably my second favorite track on the record. I'm going to point out that my first favorite track is Ragnarok. My second favorite track is Think You Ought to Know This by vocals by Sleazy P. Martini. What do these two songs not have in common? Don't odorous. Know. No oh, yeah, odorous. Okay. Right. 
That's unfortunate. Uh, you know what? But I've always been that guy that really likes the the, the track that's sung by somebody else. That's just that's fair. In my uh, in my humble opinion, I think this is the final song Sleazy has ever sung on. So it far. is. It is the last song in Sleazy twenty in twenty uh, thirty almost thirty years. But if I'm being completely years. honest, does Guar do a really good record after this? Uh, maybe. May- okay, maybe. Your answer is not yes. Your answer is... Let me think about that. The record that. before Brocky dies is really great. Lust in Space? Or yeah. the one after that? The one after. Okay, and, Lust and, in ba- Space and then sucked. the record after Corey dies, Battle Maximus, is awesome. But that's... Probably not for you. It's probably too uneven for you. Fair enough. Uh, moving on into Martyrdom. I love this song. All right, you talk because I got it, nothing. Uh, straight up crossover thrash. Crossover Look, I was I, I was straight up driving behind a dude on a scooter on mm-hmm. one side of me, and somebody, some jackass driving a golf cart on the streets in the hill. Which is a thing now. Apparently, the hill has become a subdivision in Florida. Nobody told me. Drives me insane. I could take another route, but no, they, they're the ones that suck. They should change. All right, Michael Bolton. Uh, why don't you just go by Mike? Because he sucks. He's the one who sucks. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. Um, Martyrdom's awesome. And, again, top, top track on the record. One of the top tracks. All righty. Uh, moving forward. Next, we get into... Uh, unfortunately, not that one. Say fudged? fudged. No, I, I said unfortunately. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, not that one. I was looking at track 11. I was going to point out number 10, nudged. I'm sorry. Unfor- un- unremember- unmemorable. No, unremarkable or some of the record. Fair enough. Next, we get into fire in the loins, apart from a couple of... Unless it's nudged, which is possible. I don't think... It could be nudged instead of nudged. It's not a thing. That's... that's, that's... Right. Well, you know what it, you know what it could be, Maharshafurf. Sure, Maharshafurf is just as real as nudged. Not nudged, nudged. There's a difference. You okay, you want to say Yid- anything else? It's, y- it's Yiddish. Go ahead. Anyway, fire in the loins rules. Go ahead. Uh, we could. There, there's one bit, and I'm not gonna say it. They use the R word where. Wish they wouldn't have. But other than that, the uh, this is a song about Odorous and his sister having to repopulate the world. That's that's unfortunate. That's that's. It is straight out of the Bible. People who love their Bibles never talk about the dark side of all these things. I don't think anybody thinks about uh, uh, that as dark side. Frankly, they just kind of they're just like whatever. You know, Noah begat and begat. They just like they did it twice. I mean, they they you know, whatever. I. I uh, and she brother, told two friends, and she's told two friends, and so look, on. Un- and look, so Uncle on. Daddy and Sister Mommy is wrong. Period. Looking at you, Boot Heel, Missouri. Said oh, it again. Alabama, Pennsylvania, Kentucky. Wow. West Virginia, Alabama. All right, brother, Daddy. Florida, most of Florida. That's not Miami and Tampa and Orlando. And including that. Anyway, moving on to Surf of Sin with a Y, because it's hot. It's like Cindy with an S. It's not dumb at all. It's, it's dumb. Anyway, next we have the new, very angry villain, Cardinal Sin, who is 
Catholic dogma coming to roost. And, you know, just squirt the, the man goo in Odorous's face. I'm sorry. And, only and tech- somebody who would have done that for real, because it's Hunter Jackson, his cardinal sin. It didn't take yeah. off, but, like, you know, Hunter relishes any chance to come in and nag on Gore. That's what his whole job is, to come in and be the, vil- the villain of like, anti-Gore. Because he made Gore and he hates them for taking it from him. In a nutshell. Ow. I heard my face making that face. That was too much of a face. Uh, what did your mom ever? Did your mom ever tell you he making that face? Gonna stay that way? Nah, she was high. Oh shit! God damn, this guy. I'm dead. just kidding, but she was. Well, um, doesn't sound like you're kidding. I'm not. She was high. <clears throat> the thing about Gore and their, their they they keep attempting to have like the 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 antagonist. And it's never been as good as techno. No antagonist song has come anywhere near techno destructo. Fight me on this. I'm not going to fight you. You're right. For a change. For once. For the second time this episode, you're right, but usually not. Um, Good track. It's a good track. Crush, Kill, Destroy. You know what? Anytime we get some Beefcake the Mighty style grindcore, call me a happy boy. And this is the reason this record is so thrashy is because of mostly Casey Orr. And Casey Orr comes in in this record as Beefcake, and he is a thrash metal wizard. Uh, obviously, he plays bass here, but he's also a riff machine of thrash metal. He is actually the current Beefcake the Mighty. He is back in the band right now. One of the things that, like, I, I get, I probably should mention this at the end, but I'm going to mention it now. Kiss fans like to talk about the characters in Kiss. And you know what? Frankly, there are no characters. There's makeup. There's no story. If there's no story, there's no characters. That's just characters are a part of something. They are part of a narrative. Guar is the band that Kiss fans think Kiss is. That's a fact. <laughs> you know, they have no original members, but they have most of the same characters. They're still and, telling and, a story. And they were longtime members. So, I mean, you know. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. The fact that they have done what Kiss has tried to do with Tommy and Eric Singer. It's got to be a thorn in their side. I mean, now granted, Gore gets 2500 a night and Kiss gets 30000 But, you know, whatevs. Anyway. I, I think it's more than 30000 <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, None but the brave. Nah, I got, I got nothing on this it's one. A, it's a, all right. It's a it's an ending track. They don't do so well on these. They um, never really end a record well. They don't, do they? Um, most of this record is good, and it's certainly way better than the last one to me. Way better. Yeah, I mean, this Toilet Earth is the coolest like record record, but what's in the grooves is not as cool as the color of the grooves. Fair it's like. Mine is half red, half black, and that's just awesome. Let's, um, we keep forgetting to do the tier list at the end of series, and this is the end of the Gore series. We also we have do? to announce the next one. We've been forgetting. So. I remembered, and I whipped it to your brain. All right. I didn't. Um, do you want to do yours? My I'm... tier list, yeah, I will, I'll be happy to. Uh, my tier list is Hello is still number one for me, which is an unfair rating. I'm sorry, but, you know, 
where you get on a train with the band, where you jump on is always going to have that moment. I'm not saying I've loved Guar longer than you because I probably haven't. I got on. I think you have actually. Oh. Okay, well, whatever. I got on a couple years late. That's where I started. So, uh, to me, Hello is A plus S tier. Then followed by Ragnarok. Then followed by... Uh, not Ragnarok, I'm sorry. Scum Dogs. Scum Dogs. I was about to say, like, what? Yeah, Scum Dogs. Ragnarok. We just bash half this new record right here. Yeah, I know. Fuck, right? Scum Dogs. Fuck. Hello. Scum Dogs. Ragnarok. America must be destroyed. This toilet earth. All right. I'm Unfortunately, gonna... the number five out of five is the one I do have. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna say Scum Dogs. Hello. Fair. Uh, destroyed. Fair. Toilet Earth. Oh no, sorry. Destroyed. Ragnarok. Toilet Earth. So I'm a little different than you. I, Not I much. Think Scum Dogs I mean, is a better overall record. <laughs> Hello has the better couple of songs, but just not the whole good record. They weren't there yet. But I do love the punk rockness of Hello, and I do think Hello is... like these. Those are both, like, nines. Scumdogs and Hello are both nines for different reasons. They're then, real. I mean, they're real. Even as a Hello stan, those two are really close. Yeah, and then Destroyed and Ragnarok, to me, are Bs or Eights. And yeah, then Toilet Earth is like a C. It's like a five. It's bad. It's not good. See, Hello and Scum Dogs are both A records. You know, between they're between one hundred percent and ninety three percent. I think either one of us would rate them both in that range. Ragnarok and and America Must Be Destroyed, probably about eighty percent quality, at least eighty percent worth listening to. America Must Be Dis- I'm sorry. Then you get to. I'm sorry. Fudge. America Must Be Destroyed and... Yeah, Ragnarok. That is right. Then This Toilet Earth. My God, it starts so good. It's 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 about a 50%er. It's it's like half. half. I, if I had listened to it before I bought it again, I would not have bought it. Ouch. Would you, buy, would you spend 30 bucks to, to have that on vinyl? I don't think so. There you go. There's no ouch then. That's... Yeah, it just hurts. Um, do you have anything final to say about Gore in total? Uh, we've kind of said it all. And I feel like we're lot... really straining to get through this episode. So I'd rather you not now do a five-minute soliloquy on the on Gore. Can you succinctly wrap up the Gore series in a couple Gore is... Yes, I can. And then I'll take us home. Gore is an amazing little band that has continually told a story. They are like MC Chris except monsters. And that's what's fun. You know what? They don't always make the best 100% records, but they always make the funnest metal records. So give me something to listen to. Give me something to talk about. That's Gore. That's awesome. That's how every one of those last ones should be on every final episode of a series. Um, literally that length or? That length and that power. Because I think we say so much about these bands in these series. Let's bring it on home tightly. And now, speaking of uh, bringing it at home. 
before we get to the oh, next one, we have one, to announce the next series. Before we get to that, we have at least two chasers coming before the next series. Because I'm picking up Keefe tomorrow at like ten thirty, and I don't know what time I'm going to go to sleep after that. We may podcast tomorrow night, probably not. Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe we'll get in our, you know, our, our underpants and just, you know, do whatever, whatever. I'm never. I'm like, uh, I don't watch the rest of the development, but I am never nude, not even in the shower. Um, ew. ew, ew, ew. Love yourself. Jesus Christ. It's hard. Uh, anyway, I, we're going to do. Until I was nine years old, I thought my name was Hey Asshole, so it's really difficult. We have at least one Metallica episode coming up, probably two. I feel like we could do both shows recapped in one episode. On well, I also feel like we need to do my alternate pressings episode. Since you'll be in my house where I have alternate pressings. Okay. Of several records. All right. Fair including enough. Metallica. So that okay. ties into the Metallica weekend. That's true. That's true. But that could wait. We'll see. I will. Okay. It can like. <laughs> Fuck you. I will fight you. That's all. We can record it. We can record it and and do it later. Put it out whenever. Yeah. Okay. How much news are we going to have on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? None. There you go. Unless somebody dies. Zero. God, I hope nobody dies. Yeah, same. Take us home. Now, take us home. All right. At some point. New series. At some point. The next series, when we finally get done with the chasers and we stop guffawing uncontrollably from being together in person... The next series, as suggested by Nicholas and endorsed by me, is going to be the first few albums. We're not sure yet how many, but at least the first chunk of records by the great, dirty, rotten, imbeciles. Yeah. If we started with uh, the crossover thrash of Gwar, we need to get to the proper crossover thrash of the DRI. I actually got four of a kind on Father's Day one year. It was $40 at... Uh, the record space, and the dude's like, he saw me and the kid, and he goes, oh, $10, 25% off Father's Day discount, 30 bucks." Fascinating. Uh, and very cool. You have a very good family. They seem to take care of you. It's nice. Well, I mean, I can't. Well, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and on that note, you have been listening to the Glacial Musical Podcast. I'm your co-host Keefe. You can find me at Ghost Cult Keefe or at Ghost Cult Mag basically universally everywhere. And of course you know your host is Nick at Glacially Musical on most socials but of course on the big couple at, uh, at N-I-K underscore N-O underscore C M-O-U-S-E Nicky Mouse. Nicky Fuck Mouse. that mouse. Fuck that mouse. I hope Mickey dies under the cupboard of a poor home. I hope um, Mickey gets guard. I mean, I feel like they have. Said it. Have they Said ever? It. I'm sure they have. I think they're banned from Disney, by the way. They're banned from House of Blues Disney, um, which is incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but anyway, no, you, you no, really, no. It, Chris Elliott and whatever show that was, when he plays blues and he goes to House of Blues, they're eating chicken wings. Oh, my yeah. God. Is that uh, Get a Life? No, no, it was a Comedy Central show. Stand in the place where they're they're live. they're like they're at Hallow Ground, you know the the you know the House of Blues, and it's like the amazing blues place. And the guy only goes, "Boys, we gotta close. This what? is what people want to hear for blues." And he what? puts the needle down, and it's like John Lee Hooker, and they all go, "Ah!" 
I like what Carlin said about House of Blues. White people's job is to give other people the blues, not to have their own House of Blues. That's embarrassing. I'm going to quote Bleeding Gums Murphy. The blues ain't about feeling better. It's about making other people feel bad. bad. That's it. So, if you've made it this far, and you somehow tolerated the banter of this episode especially, you are a real one, and we really appreciate you. If you are listening on the Spotify or the Apple Music, please give us a five-star rating. It actually makes a difference and helps us. We are trying to get these numbers up. I am trying to implore my audience to come over and become this audience to no avail, or limited avail. So please, some kind of avail. Please like and subscribe. Or if you're watching ah, this Pierce on the, the Veil. Pierce the Veil, decent band. If you're watching this on the tube of you, we also, you're having to see our mugs, which is crazy, but thank you. And uh, as we say every week, at the Glacially Musical Podcast, it does not play in Peoria. Neither does Sleazy P. Martini anymore. And I'm now going to go pack for St. Louis. And I'm sorry. Not sorry enough yet. Yeah. No.